Thor Odinson is the almighty god of thunder, the guardian of Midgard, who defends our realm from the frost and fire giants that loom beyond the eastern horizon over in Jotunheim. But the deeds that made him famous to us mere mortals made him infamous to the Jotuns. The skulls that he shattered on his adventures belonged to Jotun kings, Jotun warriors, mama giants, and papa giants. As a result, he was not only despised among their race, he was seriously feared as the man who would bring about their extinction. This doesn't mean that Thor came out the winner in every Every exchange, though. While he may have had the might of Mjolnir on his side, he wasn't known for being the sharpest spear on the rack of spears. And today, we're covering a very famous myth where the Jotuns used his weakness to their advantage. Chapter 1 The Journey East Today's story comes from one of our primary resources for Norse mythology, the Prose Edda, written by Icelandic poet Snorri Sturluson around 1200 AD. Specifically, it can be found in the chapter titled The Gilfaginning, which follows King Gilfi as he asks Odin, who's using illusion magic to disguise himself as the three kings, High, Justice High, and Third, various questions about Norse beliefs. And through these questions, the reader learns about the creation of our world, the various kinds of gods, the nine different realms, and some pretty incredible myths. It's after learning about Thor that Gilfi says, Jeepers, mister, Thor sounds really strong. Has he ever been bested in strength or magic? At this, King High responds that there's only been a few occasions where Thor wasn't victorious, but it's best not to talk about them because Thor's proven many times over that he's the mightiest. Fortunately for us though, Gilfi's able to goad the trio into telling him a story, and it's one that would stand out in Thor's mind as his biggest L until his death at Ragnarok. It starts with Thor and Loki, who in real mythology is more like a distant uncle to Thor as opposed to his brother like in the Marvel movies, riding his goat-drawn chariot to eastern lands and taking shelter with a family of peasants. That evening, Thor slaughtered the goats that pulled his chariot and prepared them for dinner. One goat for himself, the other to be split five ways, and he told the peasants to very carefully place the bones on the goat skin once they were finished. But Loki, who loves to cause chaos for the sole purpose of seeing what happens as a result, convinces the peasant's son, the Alfie, to break the bone and eat the marrow. So the next morning, when Thor resurrects the goat and sees it's walking with a limp, he's ready to smite these peasants like the ants they are. Naturally, when the peasants see Thor white-knuckling Mjolnir and shooting lightning out of his eyes, they all shit their pants in fear and offer him everything they own in exchange for their lives. This appeases Thor, and he accepts the peasant's son and daughter, the Alfie and Roskva, as his servants, and they would go on to accompany him from that day forward. With Thor's goats out of commission, he, Loki, Thialfi, and Roskva had no choice but to continue with their journey east on foot. And after crossing into Jotunheim and through a massive forest, they enter unknown territory around nightfall and have to seek out shelter. Somewhere off the beaten path, they come across a massive fortress with a wide open entrance and that appears to be abandoned. So they set up their camp inside it. Then, at about midnight, they wake up to what sounds like an earthquake. The ground is shaking, the sound of trees splitting echoes through the hall, and the group moves further inside into a more narrow passageway while Thor stands guard. After a few moments, the earthquake ends, and a loud groaning sound comes from the outside. Thor steps out to investigate and discovers a truly humongous man just sleeping by the entrance. Then Thor decides that any creature that large, man or beast, is a potential threat, so he makes an executive decision and is just gonna nip this one in the bud. He approaches the giant man's head, tightens his belt of strength, and just when he's about to swing mighty Mjolnir, the man wakes up. 
Immediately, Thor jumps back and threatens to kill the stranger if he doesn't reveal his name, and the giant introduces himself as Screamier. Then Screamier says, what have you done with my glove? And he picks up the fortress that Loki, Thialfi, and Roskva were all hiding in. Yes, this guy is so massive that our heroes thought his glove was a building. After the gang introduces themselves and tensions cool down, Screamer asks them if he can travel with them since he's also headed east. They say that'd be fine, and then he suggests combining all of their provisions into his bag, which for some reason, Thor agreed to. It wouldn't be long before he regretted that decision though. After another full day of walking, the group sets up camp and Screamer goes to sleep before they can even cook dinner. That wouldn't normally be a problem. After all, he is huge and would no doubt take the majority of their food as well, but he had tied his knapsack so tight that even Thor himself couldn't open it. Frustrated and not wanting to waste time with manners, he climbs to where he has leverage over Screamier and slams his hammer down right in the middle of his forehead. You would think that'd be enough to do some serious damage, even to someone as big as Screamier, but his eyes just fluttered open and he asked if a leaf had fallen on his forehead. Then he wanted to know if the little ones had eaten. Thor, rather embarrassed at how apparently weak his swing was and his inability to open the knapsack said, no, we're just going to bed. And at that, the whole group went to sleep with empty bellies. At least for a little while. Around midnight, Screamier woke them all up with his snoring, so Thor tried to wake him up by hitting him with his hammer even harder than before. This time, the hammer actually sank into his forehead, but Screamier just said, did an acorn fall on me? And went back to sleep. At this point, Thor had had enough. He was the strongest Avenger. I mean, mightiest Aesir, and the guy was being annoying, so it was time for him to die. Thor marched up to the giant's head, summoned every ounce of strength that he could, and swung his hammer for a third and final time. The hammer's head was absorbed entirely by Screamier's temple, but once again, the impact didn't phase him. He just thought that a tree branch had fallen on his head, which I'm sure you can imagine pissed off Thor even more. By now, morning had come, and it was time for Screamier to head north while the group continued eastward. Before parting ways, though, he warned them. I've heard you making comments about how big I am, but you should know that I am a shrimp compared to the men to the east. There's one in particular named Utgarthur Loki who has powerful magic, and you really need to watch out for him. Then he just runs off with all of the group's provisions still in his bag, leaving them with nothing to eat or make shelter with. They were more vulnerable than ever, but too deep into unknown lands to turn back now. So they continued east, hoping to find refuge before it was too late. Chapter two, the contest. I think we can all agree that this journey has been rough so far. The group lost their transportation, their food, and their confidence from how powerful the giants this far east appear to be but it's only going to get worse. So after another full day of traveling, our heroes come to another massive structure. This one appears to be a castle and is so huge they have to crane their necks back to see the top. The bars on the front gate are so wide they can just walk between them. So they do, and once inside the castle, they find it filled with even more humongous men, just like Screamier said it would be. The giant men present these newcomers to their king, Utgarthur Loki, who is not to be confused with the Loki we all know and love to hate. When translated, Utgarthur Loki's name means Loki of the Outlands, the Outlands being the farthest reaches of Jotunheim. Utgarthur Loki tells the group that only the exceptional can take shelter with them, and they must prove they each have a special skill if they want to stay the night. The first to volunteer his skill is Loki, who says he can eat faster than anyone in Utgarthur. Troughs are set out and filled with food, and the contest starts only a few moments after he makes 
this claim, and to his credit, Loki held his own. He clashed heads with his opponent, a giant named Logi, right in the middle of the trough. However, he was declared the loser because while he had eaten all the meat clean off the bones, Logi had even consumed some bones and a bit of the trough too. Now, personally, I think it's more impressive to have eaten quickly and precisely rather than swallowing hunks of bone and wood, but the giants disagreed. So now it was up to Thialfi to prove himself. Thialfi says he'll run a race with anyone that Utgarth or Loki chooses. So they step outside where there's a nice open plain for them to use as a racetrack, and the king summons a man called Huge to run the race. Thialfi and Huge compete in three separate bouts, and while Thialfi does prove to the giants that he's faster than anyone else who's challenged them, he's no match for Huge, and loses by a greater distance every time they race. Finally, it's Thor's turn to be tested, and after all that nonsense with Screamier, he's more than ready to prove himself. Feeling a little parched, Thor suggests a drinking challenge, and Utgarthur Loki gives him a decent-sized horn that's filled to the brim with liquid. Then he tells Thor that emptying it in one swig would be a job well done, that some lesser men require two swigs, and that no man is so wretched that he can't finish it in three. Having proved himself in drinking games countless times before, Thor wasn't feeling the least bit intimidated. He raised the horn to his lips and chugged until he was out of breath, thinking that he should have drained almost all of it. But when he looked inside the horn, he saw he had barely made a dent. Surprised, but not dissuaded, he gave it another go. This wig was even deeper and longer, but when Thor pulled back to gauge his progress, there was almost no difference. When Thor went in for his third chug, the one that only wretched men require, he filled his stomach with every drop of liquid it could take. But even this wasn't enough to drain the cup more than a few inches. Homie's about to take the biggest piss in the history of piss. The giant said that since Thor failed so miserably, he'd have to find a a new way to prove his mightiness, and Utgarthur Loki suggested that Thor try to pick up his house cat. After all, even the young giants do that for fun. When Thor agrees to the challenge, a big gray house cat jumps in front of him. He then positions himself under it so it's resting on his shoulders, and summoning all of his strength, he lifts it upward toward the heavens. The cat's heavier than he expected, but Thor is Thor, so he continued to push oh. upward until his arms, legs, and back are fully extended, and he's raising the cat as high as he can. The issue is that the cat is longer than Thor is tall, so no matter how much he stretches, he only manages to get a single one of its paws off the ground. At this, Utgarthur Loki says, that went as I thought. The cat is large and you're small and little, especially compared to the great men who are in this hall with us. I know, Thor's ego is taking a beating today and it's not even over. As you would expect, he is beyond pissed at this point and just wants to fight someone. So he openly challenges all the giants in the room to a wrestling contest, which they respond to by laughing. Utgarthur Loki says the men in his hall would think it a game to wrestle with Thor, comparable to wrestling a baby. So he called forward some more appropriate competition, a very old woman named Ellie, his foster mother. Initially, Thor scoffed at the idea that he wouldn't be able to break this old woman in two, but she proved herself to be impossibly strong. It was like the more he fought against her, the firmer she stood. After struggling for so long, he felt slower and weaker than he ever had before, and at a certain point, he couldn't help but fall to one knee. This sign of weakness was all that Utgarthur Loki needed to call Thor the loser, but he was very grateful for his guests' efforts to prove themselves, so he let them stay the night anyway. The group wasn't exactly in good spirits, but they were shown some great hospitality in the form of food, drinks, and comfortable beds. It wasn't until the following morning that they learned the truth about that night's events. Chapter 3, The Reveal 
The next morning, the group was treated to a big old breakfast and some quality mead before Utgarth or Loki escorted them off the premises. On their way out, he asked them how they felt about their journey to Utgarther, and Thor admitted it was a complete disgrace and that he's actually mortified by how little the giants must think of him. Then, Finally, Utgarthr Loki comes clean, saying, Now that you've left my home and there's no way for you to re-enter, I'll tell you the truth. If I had known how mighty you three were, I never would have let you inside in the first place. At this, Thor, Loki, and Thialfi exchanged some glances, like, What is this dude talking about? He witnessed every one of us humiliate ourselves. But the king continued on. Utgarthr Loki revealed that Screamir was actually him in disguise and that Thor hitting him with his hammer would have absolutely killed him if he hadn't used magic to shrink a mountain down and cover his forehead. Then he pointed to a nearby mountain ridge with three progressively deeper valleys and said, that's your handiwork. Screamir wasn't the only illusion though. The challenges had all been deceptions as well. Loki's eating contest was actually against the personification of fire. Nothing devours quicker than flame, except maybe Joey Chestnut. The Alfie's opponent in his foot race wasn't really a giant named Huge, but rather the physical manifestation of Utgarthr Loki's thought and he is a quick-witted guy. Now, the fact that these contests were even relatively close was enough for Utgarthr Loki to be impressed by these two guests, but Thor's performance in his challenges left the giants terrified. That horn that Thor just couldn't seem to drain was connected to the ocean, and he drank so much that he lowered the shoreline, giving us bigger beaches. That house cat he lifted over his head was no mere house cat, but the world serpent himself, and Thor had stretched so high that he reached the heavens. As for Ellie, that old lady who kicked his ass, she was the personification of old age, which no man will ever be able to overcome. The fact that Thor put up any fight at all was proof of his resilience and longevity. So despite enduring a very long and shameful night inflicted on them by Utgarthr Loki, the king actually had serious respect for the power and skill of his guests. However, I can't say the same applies to our heroes. When I was first being introduced to the world of Norse mythology and read this story, I thought that Thor would be angry, but ultimately respect Utgarthr Loki for managing to fool them all with his magic. Boy, was I wrong. Utgarthr Loki ended his spiel by saying that both groups would be better off never seeing each other again. And if the Aesir do come back to his territory, he'll fool them all again with similar illusions. Thor wasn't going to wait for another chance to even the scoreboard though. He immediately raised me on there over his head to bring it down on Utgarthr Loki's, but the conjurer of cheap tricks had already disappeared. Thor then spun around and threw his hammer at the castle, but the castle had vanished as well. The group is now alone, without provisions, in the middle of Jotunheim, and seeing no other option, they shrugged their shoulders, hung their heads in defeat, and started their journey home. So that, mere mortals, was the messed up myth of Thor's contest with giants, one of my personal favorites from the Norse mythos. What do you think? Do you think that Utgarthr Loki was right to play defensively and use illusions to embarrass his guests? And which of those five challenges would you have volunteered for? Let me know by hitting us up on Twitter or Instagram at Messed Up Origins, or if you want to get really crazy, embrace your inner Thor and smash those five star and follow buttons. Then keep an eye out for future episodes of the Messed up origins podcast we upload three times a week remastered classic episodes on monday and wednesday and all new episodes on fridays and if you're craving more messed up origins you can always check out my youtube channel called john solo to experience the original episodes complete with visual aids and custom made artwork until next time everybody my name is john solo and don't forget john shot first